0: Hey guys, it's Vlad Harrison with our Panther Rants Podcast. Happy Friday, you guys. We're almost at the end of March, which is crazy, but, you know, we'll be in April, and I'm sure well, the weather is going to get better. I know here in Houston, we're going to get with the 100 degree weather eventually, that's going to be, I'm looking at the temperature, it looks like it's going to be 80, the 80s all this week, coming up. You know the pollen obviously is kicked in here, so I'm sure eventually you guys will be doing that same thing too up in the northeast with all you know with uh, with the pollen and your cars being green and loading up on Flonase and Clareton and whatnot. But uh, you know I looked at the weather for Pittsburgh, and this you, know, you guys are gonna be in a mix- it's gonna be a mixture of 40s, 50s, 60 degree weather you're gonna have, and I guess it's better than nothing for right now and You know, it's amazing. When you look at the weather, you know, back in the day when you were back in the day before smartphones, you just stuck your hand out the window or the uh, door, and you you already knew what kind of day it was going to be. Whereas now you have the weather app, and you can just check on your phone now. But But the thing I've noticed is a lot of times the app itself is very misleading. I'll tell you it'll be like 70 degrees today, but it may get up to 50 or whatever. So I always recommend sticking to the old-fashioned method with the hand out the out the door or out the window because, you know, you'll know it's cold, but you'll know you always know what kind of day it's going to be. You're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be cold today. Oh, you know, it's cold, but it's, it feels like it's going to be warm. It's going to get warm. I mean, there's just a lot of analytical stuff you can do, you know, just by doing that. Anyways, Pitt, uh, Pitt Hoops is adding Robert Morris next year for basketball to their schedule. They're going to play in Robert Morris's new UPMC sports complex. And, you know, it's a multi, you know, it's a multifunctional center with a whole bunch of stuff. And, and it is a 4,000 seat basketball arena that they're putting in. And, you know, it's good for Robert Morris and, you know. They obviously need, need a new co- need a new court. I mean, it's not big, but you know, their fan base isn't big either. But fourth, I mean, that's a beautiful court, and it's going to help recruiting. I'm sure if it, the facilities are going to be a lot better as well. So you know, good for you know, good for Bobby Mo. You know, some you know, I know some pe- I know some people get obsessed with the uh, the, the arena size, but you know. Penn State has a big ass arena with the BJC, and pff, they don't do dick for basketball. So, I mean, you know, Gonzaga has a small base, but you know, look, look what Gonzaga does, has done every year since 1998-99. I mean, that's just phenomenal. I mean, Cameron Doors seven. I mean, there's seventy thousand Cameron Door. I think. So size isn't everything. In terms of you know college hoops, it's the motion of the ocean. Whereas you get in the whereas you get in the college football, it's a little different. You know, it's a whole. You get some fans that just get this whole penis envy type thing with with crowd size. Oh, so we got a hundred thousand for our game. We're we're taking thirty to our bowl game, and I mean, you know, that used to mean something, but now with the playoff and stuff, it's. Especially with traveling the bowl games, nobody you know. Now we we have the college playoff. Nobody really gives a shit. How many how many you're taking the bowl games or what bowl game you won? Nobody, no, no one cares now, because it's all about the freaking playoff, which kind of sucks in some ways. But for me uh, as a Pitt fan, I you know for me I don't care now because I, you know, oh you won a Capital One Bowl, that's great. I don't care. Oh, you won the Alamo Bowl? Oh, that's awesome. You took 30,000 fans. Good for you. Good for you guys. And what did you get with that? Um, oh, you got a trophy. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Nobody gives a fuck about the Alamo Bowl or the Capital One or whatnot. You know, I mean, obviously the BCS was a braggable thing because you could say, well, you know, we played in the Fiesta Bowl, of BCS. That was great. Now with the playoff, you just can't do that no more. I mean, you can't go. Well, we we play in the group of five bowl. Yeah, that's the group of 5 it's, it's like, Okay, good. You got It's like you. you gotta, it's like okay. It's saying you didn't make the playoff, but here you have this. Here's this awesome Bull game. It's just yeah. The playoffs pretty much took away a lot of meaning for a lot of that stuff. I mean, sure, maybe it helps with your recruiting. But to what degree? I mean, hard to say. But getting back on the subject, you know, they stopped playing a few years back. I think after maybe 2011, I think they stopped playing. Yeah, it was one of the many. It was one of the you know the two rivalries that you know that uh, was discontinued under Jamie Dixon, and it was this one, the Backyard Brawl. Kevin Stallings brought back the Backyard Brawl. So now I we play West Virginia now. And you know we brought back about Robert Morris, which is good. We should I mean which gets my next thing. Pitt obviously. Pitt had a Pit has run to a scheduling snafu with hoops, and they not they're not gonna play Robert not Robert Morris, they're not gonna play Duquesne next year, which is there's no C game all next year. And at one point, supposedly, you know, you know you know PGH Sports Now Yeah, you know, they reported supposedly there was no agreement. You know, the the, the, the the series, which was kind of odd. And they do have an agreement now, but it's they're not gonna play again for for another year. So you know, I just read an article this morning about it. Alan, Alan Saunders of uh, the PGH Sports Now yeah, you know, he wrote a nice. He wrote a nice article about it, about the whole thing. He just, you know, he he understands the uh, the scheduling crap. But you know, Pitt has to. You know, Pitt's obviously going to play more conference games supposedly. But they have, you know, a, a invitational coming up and a whole bunch of other stuff. And Duke has her scheduling issues too. But you know, he says unacceptable. This game should be played no matter what. They should they should find a way. And you hope they do. And, you know, the game should be played every year, no matter what. Pitch your, pitch your play of Duquesne, Robert Moore, St. West Virginia. I would like to say they should play Penn State too, but Penn State doesn't want to play us hoops for a reason. You know, they, I, in fact, Penn State has a hard, you know, other than, like, Olympic sports, Penn State doesn't really, you know, they're not crazy about playing us in the revenue sports like hoop like basket like like college hoops and football these days. Football that's another another story, not for another day. But uh yeah, I mean I'm kinda of bummed there'll be no sea game next year because it's a you know, it's a great it's always a great game to look forward to and uh you know, Duquesne loves it as well and Rivalries are good for college college you know, for college sports. You know, if you stop playing the people that hate you, it can get boring sometimes. It takes away all that luster. You, you gotta have people. You get, in college. In college athletics, you gotta have you know other programs that hate you. It makes you know makes it all worthwhile. So, let's hope that they, um, you know, they get to some sort of agreement. You know, play. I mean, play the game somewhere. Just play. Play it in some random park. I don't. I don't care. Just play the game. But um, hopefully, in the future, they avoid stuff like this. I know it's different, but yeah. So, anyways, guys. Other local Pittsburgh stuff. You know, the media. The, the, no, the local media has been in a war with the national media over the Levy on Belly B stuff. And I said in the last podcast that you know. You're not going to change people's opinions and their and, and whatnot, and the national media has their own narratives, and they're doing stuff that sells for clicks and likes and whatnot, and this is why you get you know these survey. This is why the media itself, the, the people actually do the writing, do the actual objective stuff, get pissed off when they uh, have to hear surveys about how. How the average U.S. citizen doesn't really, um, doesn't think much of the media and that they're always pandering us something. I believe that was a survey not too long ago about that. Or, or pandering to sources or something like that. And um, a lot of people took objection to it. And, you know, stuff like this is why, you know, people get mad about this. The average people get mad about this. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, was did, did an interview about the whole thing, and supposedly that he wanted to play in week one, that he wanted to accept the deal, and he wanted to play, and something obviously changed, and in the interview, obviously, he talks, and he babbles and talks in circles, and obviously, he piggybacks off the Antonio Brown narrative about Ben Roethlisberger, and... And pretty much what they're doing is now is they're they're just throwing their quarterback under the bus. And yeah, I mean Ben has a, supposedly has a reputation for being a dickhead, and he was one even before all this. You know, obviously Ben's blameless, but in this, but he's pretty much been a um, a convenient person for him to throw under the bus over it. And you know, we can analyze a lot why and they're saying he has an owner's mentality. I mean, in what way does he have an owner's mentality? I mean, does he if he's holding you accountable, that's not an owner's mentality. That's more of a, you know, your boss, a lead. That's what leaders do, they hold you accountable for stuff. Maybe Ben had a shitty way of doing it through his you know, through T V shows and her his radio shows, whatever. I mean, if you have accountability issues with guys, you've gotta do it in house, have meetings, talk to them. So, and of course, you know the the local media had some issues with Love and Bell's story and they were saying, you know, tweeting at him and and basically doing that stuff is just a waste of time with these guys because all they're doing is it's bait. They're throwing bait out there for for them, and all they're doing is they're taking whatever words are being thrown at them, they're twisting it to, their, to fit their, to fit with their, their narrative. I think in the end, what happened with Le'Veon Bell is this: he wanted to, he wanted to accept his deal. His agent gave him bad advice, and now look at him. I mean, he still got paid, but if he would have actually, I don't know, listened to the, you know, maybe read the fine print, he would have been. He would got paid a lot more. And people always keep saying, "Well." He got thirty, you know, thirty-three million guaranteed, in the fifteen million or fourteen million he would have got lashed with his franchise tag. He profited, and what these morons fail to forget is before the franchise tag, the Steelers offered him a, a lot bigger deal than that. But of course, people don't research or read or whatnot on on Twitter. They just take whatever people throw at them, and yeah, I mean. I don't know. In the end, at the end of the day, he got what he wanted and he's happy. and Life goes on. But it seems like he got some bad advice from his agent. And his, personally, I would fire his agent. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. All right, March Madness started this week. Yeah, yesterday actually it started. And, you know, I'm working from home today, so I'm going to try to flip it on. If hopefully, if I'm not getting blown up with tickets here, if, you know, if I was up late working a, uh, a slowness issue with their, our stuff, and that sucks. But as far as the games go, well, first of all, let's look at um, Auburn and New Mexico State, the 12-5 matchup. I had Auburn win this one, but Bruce Pearl, obviously, and his team was finding every convenient way to, to, bl- to blow this game. And, and, of course, New Mexico State had a chance to tie it at the end. And what happened? The guy um, from next Mexico State drives drives the ball down the lane. I mean, he had his guy beat. He goes in for the layup. It looks like, looks like, looks like we're about to have a tie game. But at the last minute, he kicks the ball out for a three. And the guy obviously got fouled, and and I think he ended up just shooting two. I think, if I if, you know. On the highlights, and of course, or maybe he shot the three. It was he was thought shooting a three, but only made one. He only made one free throw, I think, and Auburn survived. And the weird thing about it is, all they needed was a two, and even the final possession when it was with one point one seconds left, all they needed was a two as well. But he kicked it out to an open. They set up for an open three, which I thought was odd. I thought they should, with one point one seconds left, I would have got the ball inside and try to draw a foul or something. But then again, I'm not a coach. Maybe that doesn't work. But the guy, the guy's three was, the guy had a wide open three and he airballed it. But I mean, that just, I don't know why he kicked off for a three out. The guy just, I don't know if the guy was really thinking, and you know. That's what you know. Some people have told me you know that uh, they coach basketball, What they don't like about the Golden State Warriors is they um, they got everybody wanting to shoot three pointers now. Whereas you know the mid range jumper or driving in a hole has just become, I guess I don't know, boring. I mean, I see it a lot. You know, being in Houston, I see a lot with the three points. I mean. The Rockets love to shoot threes, and of course, they brick twenty-seven three pointers in Game Seven to lose to the Warriors. They have—I mean, the Rockets still blame the officials for rigging that game for the Warriors, but it's hard to make that assumption when you uh, miss twenty-seven three open—you know, twenty-seven three pointers. When you could have, you know, if you would to just convert them to twos, maybe you're actually playing—you know, LeBron in the Finals. But the game seven, you know, wasn't a surprise. Them losing those last two didn't surprise me, especially that Chris Paul got hurt because he, he was the leader on that floor, no matter what people, you know, say about Harden. But um, Paul was more of a leader, and they needed that. That's, that's why they got him in the first place because they knew <laughs> they weren't going to get any further with just James Harden. And I think really what... The loss that really upset me the most out of that series was game one. Because Houston had a chance to, you know, set the tone early. And they just came out flat. And Once Golden State won that first game, you knew it was going to be a long series. And then uh, once Paul got hurt, that was it. They were done. But uh, from a Pip perspective, we all remember Nazir Robinson when he, um, let's see, when Gilbert Brown missed the uh, second free-throw attempt at the end of the Butler game. Yeah, Gilbert Brown tied it, and we had a chance to, to win the game if he made it, and for some reason his form on the, th- the free-throw wasn't, wasn't good, and it bricked out, and Matt Howard got the rebound, and of course Howard, who loved, who loved the flop, this time didn't because Nazir Robinson did the work for him. Nazir Robinson grabbed his freaking arm and drew a foul. And now, if you rewatch that game, the referees were calling a little, a lot of tic tac stuff, and especially Gilbert Brown's foul as well. It was pre, it was pretty tic tac itself, but the guy ran into him. You know, they were going for the ball. Brown had it, and he ran into him. So of course, you call a foul. A lot of times, you know, in those situations, you let him play. But yeah, the refs were just calling everything and. Yeah, and Nazar Robinson one was a dumb one, but I think you know, I think now he can breathe because there's somebody that did something a lot more dumber than he than he did. I mean it wasn't telling you all Nazar Robinson's fault. I mean that second free throw Jamie Dixon should have had his guys away from away from there. And, of course, you know, Jamie could have taken some sort of accountability for it, but he didn't. And he just left Nausea Robinson hung out the dry. I mean, he really didn't come to the guy's defense as much or, you know, say, hey, it's on me. But, and if anything, that really was what set the tone for next year's when they went to the CBI. You know, Jamie had a um, personality conflict with his players and there was a lot of imbattling going on and. Yeah, you know, and then top of that, you had Ken Birch leaving, and yeah, that was pretty much you know the beginning of the end. But anyways, look at the rest of the rest of the teams. Um, LSU barely beat Yale, and everybody had Yale winning that one for some reason. I don't know why. Florida State beat Vermont. Minnesota beat Louisville, and I wasn't surprised by that. People were saying, you know, that um, Patina's probably dancing with joy over this, and I don't see why Rick Patina would be. Maybe because his son, you know, Richard, you know, won the game. But um, Louisville is a mess because of Rick Patina right now. And so, you know... With Chris Mack, they have some. They have a long road ahead, and I'm, they'll eventually get there with some good recruiting because he's a hell of a recruiter and a hell of a coach. Michigan State beats Bradley. Bradley, as you know, had some issues. I guess supposedly they banned some reporter from covering them because of the negativity, and it happens. I mean, you know, talk, like, especially in Houston, Tom Herman stopped going on six ten radio because. Um, they were always reporting negative stuff about the Cougars, and he stopped going on and making appearances with them because because of that. Mary State hammers Marquette, and you know, I mean, I picked the Mary, Mary State to win that game, and I just wasn't crazy about Marquette, and I had you know Villanova losing the St. Marys because I figured the gals were. We're playing. I thought you know this was one of those games where you know after a championship season, I think Villanova loses in the opening round, but they 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 won and it was bare, barely. Saint Mary's game a hell of a game. Wofford walloped Seton Hall, and I had Seton Hall winning that one, and it's just wild. And I had Syracuse being Baylor, and they lost the, you know and then Baylor won. I mean. Uh, I figured Syracuse would give uh fits with their zone, but Syracuse, you know, lost some key, lost the key piece. And that was that. But the Big Ten out in the opening on the opening day was five and zero, and you know, Big Ten was actually a pretty deep conference this year and I you know you can you know you know, Penn State you know, to their credit, Pat Chambers sucks as a coach, but they have a very talented team, and they want they they want some games down the stretch. So yeah, it's a deep league. So I have let's see, Michigan State going to the Final Four. I mean, you could you could easily have a Michigan Michigan State Final Four. I mean, the how things go. But uh, we got some games today. You know, Iowa Cincinnati is playing. UVA plays Gardner Webb, and that's a big one because, obviously, UVA lost, you know, as a one-seed loss to a uh, to a 16 seed. Tennessee's playing today against Colgate. Buffalo and Arizona State should be a good one because, you know, Nate Oates is a hell of a coach, and he's going against Bobby Effing Hurley. But uh, other than that, uh, let's see, you know, obviously Houston, UN, uh, North Carolina's playing... There's not really much, you know, mayor games that stand out at this point, but I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I did, all my, I made sure all my brackets were done, so I'm looking forward to it. So closing out, we got. It was reported that uh, let's see, that Colin Kaepernick, uh, his him and his deal with, that the Eric, Eric Reid got for the uh, settlement was less than ten million. You know, I actually thought that um, they got more than that, and they may have. But supposedly, but from what I uh, what I've been reading is that uh, from from reading it, it seems that uh, <clears throat> Kaepernick's camp was uh, gloating a little bit too much over the uh, settlement, as if they you know broke the bank, and which led to this uh, number being leaked out that. Um, They only got ten million. They really got next to nothing out of it because ten million between Kaepernick and Eric Eric Reed, and of course you factor in lawyers' lawyer fees, and well, there you go. It's a lot less. So, um, yeah, and obviously Kaepernick's trying to find a job now, and he's trying to um. He likes the Miami job, but the thing about that was, as you guys remember, when he was down there, he wore a shirt with Malcolm X and Fidel Castro on it, and he tried to pass it off as a shirt. It was a shirt by Malcolm X, which, you know, I, I can understand him trying to do that, but it had Castro on it. And, they, you know, obviously they were being buddy-buddies in, 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 this, in this shirt that he had, and yeah, I felt you know, that's Type of thing you shouldn't really wear in Miami. And people took objections to it. And I think there was a media person who, right, who, you know, he's a reporter in Miami and he went after Kaepernick about it. And Kaepernick's responses were pretty tone deaf and robotic. I don't think he was really getting what, you know, this person was talking about. And which to me is probably one of the reasons why you don't see you know Kaepernick and talking in the media as much, and he he spends more of his time on social media doing his communications because I think it, um, it's probably a good idea. But I thought Kaepernick's deal would have been more. What I what I thought was when 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 the a, when the I'm um, was. Approaching him for a position, and supposedly he wanted twenty million to play in the play in the AF. I figured that I figured that was the the money he amount he got because I thought you know because the next day after that story leaked is when they settled. You know, th- I think it was like Thursday. The story came, Wednesday or Thursday. The story came out the Camper got twenty million to play in the AF, and then Friday, it came out that they settled. And I thought to me. I figured maybe he threw that number out there and then the NFL said, okay, he wants 20 million. So let's give him 20 million to settle this and move on, move on with our lives. That's an issue. What I thought, man, maybe, who knows? Maybe he got, maybe he got 20 million, but you know, the dollar amount, everything about this case will always be debated no matter what. Everybody has a source of what of what happened. Everybody has a source or opinion, and you're not. And opinions, obviously, you're not going to convince them otherwise. So it's just a waste of time. And just like this thing is, and there's no doubt the guy should still be playing in the league. And hopefully, he finds he finds something soon. He, you know, it's been two years. He should he sure have something. So there's talk that he's turned down a whole bunch of positions, and I don't you know I don't know for a fact and. And if he, if he has been, I'm wondering what's wrong with him, but I have no idea. But otherwise, I hope you find something soon. Anyways, guys, I'm going to finish up here. You guys have a great weekend. Watch some hoops and some hockey because you know that's going on. And, of course, the NBA playoffs, you know, right around the corner. I mean, we got about maybe... A lot of these teams have 10 or 12 games left. And, hey, we're coming up on that. And it looks pretty, you know, it's looking pretty good. I mean, obviously the Lakers are going to be out of it. and So I'm sure LeBron's camp's got some work to do in the offseason. But anyways, guys, hell to pit. Talk to you later. Bye.